Sit down with the guys and talk about your real estate journey. Just go to rondonsitdown.com. That's rondonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 332 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, it seems like we have a new mayor here in the city of Seattle, but with the new mayor, will things just kind of remain the same when it comes to homelessness? And it comes to, well, a bomb, a propane bomb that the fire department had to dismantle at the park where I used to take my son all the time. And also, uh, people being shot and murdered over tools. Yeah. Also, coming up the Ron and Don show, Zillow. A lot of people saying, what the heck happened here? Zillow went out, bought a bunch of homes in a hot housing market. It's called being an eye buyer. And now they're saying, oops, we're out of that business. So Zillow, are they going to go back to being Zillow? And what is it to be Zillow anyway? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I sat down last night. Joyce Taylor did an interview on King 5 with Mayor Jenny Durkin. And when I sat down to watch this interview, I really thought she did such a poor job at being mayor here of the city of Seattle. And you know what? I was like, good riddance, Mayor Durkin, especially when it comes to the chop. Everything that happened in the chop. And I think that's what chopped her job, the chop. So I I, I was really intrigued to sit down because she was going to talk about the real reason why uh, she decided to not run for the mayor of the city of Seattle. In fact, it was early on in 2020 where she threw her hat in the ring and said, yeah, I'm going to run again. And here we get towards the end of 2021. And uh, she decided months ago that she was no longer going to be a candidate. This is what's really interesting to me and something that I didn't understand. And you should watch this interview on King five. It's excellent with Joyce Taylor. I did not understand all the death threats that mayor Jenny Durkin was getting any time she took on president Trump. And in fact, last night they shared 12 of those death threats that she received uh, they, it usually was some kind of reaction to the president coming after her because of what was happening here in Seattle, what was happening uh, specifically on our streets and in the chop. And, and, and the death threats were horrendous. And in fact, one of the death threats, a number, I think four of them were called in. And one of those particular death threats, they played last night uh, on television. And I was flabbergasted by it. And I know when you're a politician that you get death threats. Ron and I have received death threats before, uh, being radio guys. And in fact, our midday guy at Cairo Radio, because he got so many death threats, uh, they went out one day and they cut down all the trees. And we said, why why are the trees gone here at Cairo? And they said, uh, they're worried about somebody with a sniper rifle coming in and taking out our midday guy, right? Or taking out one of us. Uh, we had some death threats, not at Cairo. I don't think we had any at Cairo, uh, but we had a gentleman do 18 months, Raider Rob, in, uh, in San Francisco. 
for the death threats that he sent. And he sent these dolls in the mail along with bullets and fake blood and what he was going to do to us. And it was a lot of carnage. It was kind of crazy. And we didn't know whether he was serious or not. And what we found out, he was actually really serious. Uh, Ron and I, somewhere around, didn't the guy take a broken bottle and come after you one night out in a parking lot? No, he came after you uh, with a broken bottle. But yeah, we were in a in an altercation there. We had someone bring a gun to a remote. We used to do a lot of remotes. Uh, out and about, different businesses would hire you to come and set up the whole, you know, uh, promotional vehicles and broadcast live from their location uh, until a guy pulled out a, a, a semi-automatic uh, handgun uh, at one remote. And we were like, I mean, we don't do remotes so yeah, much. I, I had a guy break in my house. I found out his name was Mike. He owned a moving company. Anytime we do a remote somewhere, he'd break in my house. He took a baseball bat to all my cars in Dallas. And he put up post-it notes saying, hey, is this where you F your girlfriend? Places like the shower. Uh, and we finally figured out who he was and we went after him. But I'm telling you, I'm te- I, I kind of forgot because because in the 13 years that we did at Cairo Radio, uh, we didn't have a lot of those issues. But our midday guy there did. And, and as a result of that, it kind of reminded me when Mayor Durkin was talking last night about these death threats. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we had to change security protocols and the door. And there's some other things they've done that I'm not going to share because I want to keep my friends there uh, safe. But I was really heartbroken for her. Then they showed when, when, when the protesters went and they marched on her house. And they didn't march once. They marched over and over and over again. And there were hundreds of protesters. And then, then they wrote things on, on her gate. Uh, hey, Jenny Durkin likes to suck dick. Stuff like that. Uh, some of the other stuff I'm not going to share, uh, but I don't think that necessarily should come with the job. I don't. And she was very fearful for her partner. She was very fearful for her kids. Uh, there was a point in time where she didn't allow her son to come home because she felt like it wasn't safe. And she's 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 a pretty tough person. She was a U.S. attorney, but she also brought up the fact that one of her best friends was the only U.S. attorney that was ever shot in America. And that particular, uh, that particular, and it happened right here on Queen Anne, that particular case has still not been solved. And it reminded her of what happened. His name is Tom Wales. It reminded her what happened to Tom. Uh, she became very fearful of what not only what could happen to her, but her family. And she decided, you know what? It's just not worth it. When I sat down, when I listened to her and I listened to her story, uh, I was a little mad at myself for being so critical and not more open-minded. And when I heard that, I was really disgusted. And I I can see now uh, why she decided not to throw her hat in the ring. What is your reaction to Mayor Jen- Jenny Durkin saying, hey, there were death threats as a result of that, I walked away. Yeah, I don't blame her at all. And, you know, she comes from a very successful law practice. And 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 in one hand, if you just look back at it as a human being, you have to applaud someone that's like, hey, I, I was in this job probably making 600 to to $1,000 an hour uh, with the type of law that she practiced. And she chose to give that up and say, I'm going to do, I, I've done very well. I want to do some public service. I would like to take my expertise and see if I can be a positive force in a city I love. So whether you agree with her politics or not, giving up what she had to do that, I, you have to admire that on some level, which I do. Um, ha- having said that, so if we just set that off to the side, somehow in, 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 
I'm trying not to be the get off my lawn old guy, but I think since the advent of social media, something has happened to where we no longer can look at an idea separate from the person. Now, somehow it's flipped to where we don't, we no longer debate the validity or the veracity of an idea or a theory or even a politician or politics or a bill. We now say the first thing people say is, well, what side are they on? Who's the messenger? And if it's, and we see this all the time now where even if you agreed with the message, and I remember Barack Obama being very uh, bewildered by this, where he would come out when he was doing Obamacare. And he's like, I'm literally using the language that you guys wrote and handing it back to you. But because now it came from me, it's a non-starter. And he was like, what, what is going on? Why can't we talk about the idea? And so I think with Jenny Durkin in here in Seattle, it no longer matters if your idea is sound or not. It matters what team you're on. And especially from the right towards the left, they're developed this thing of like, I'm getting it over on you. It doesn't matter what the collateral damage is. My mission is to stick it to you. I'm sticking it to the Dems. I'm sticking it to the libtards. I have a gotcha moment against you, regardless of what you stand for or what you've done or where you live or whether we're neighbors or not. There became this battle line of the goal being I'm, 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 I'm giving you the business. And it, it started to needle, I think, the left so much that then they started to retaliate and say, okay, well, I'm going to now, you know, you've, well, I'm going to come down to your level or I'm going to get down in the mud with you. And now we're just battling sides instead of battling ideas. And I think if you're an attorney and you come at this through that training in that prism, you battle for ideas, you battle for laws you battle for, you take a position, you see if you can support that position, and then you let a judge decide or a jury decide, or in this case, the voting, voters decide. So that had to be alarming to her to go, it doesn't matter if my theory is sound. It doesn't matter if I've done the homework or I've presented a cogent argument. The only thing that matters to a certain group of people is that they want to stick it to me that they want to kill the messenger literally and figuratively. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and she even talked about the fact that if she would have had some backing from anyone on the city council, that that would have made a difference. But it was Shama Sawant who kept going out to her house uh, with a microphone. And when they were writing Jenny Durkin sucks dick, th- those were her people that were out there. And, and, and it was Shama Sawant who was leading the charge. Let's go to Jenny Durkin's house. Let's go again and again and again. And then they went to Carmen Best's house. And we all know what happened with Carmen Best. If you don't think she's good enough to be the police chief here, I guess she's good enough to be the police chief in New York City because right now she's being considered uh, to be the next police chief there. So we had everything we everything this city has talked about when it comes to policing, we had in Carmen Best. Someone who grew up here, a track star, went to Lincoln High School, 35 years on at SPD, rose up through the ranks, had a command staff that looked like the whole city, people that were black and brown and white and and female and male and all that, really into community policing. Uh, we saw more bicycles than we did uh, MRAP tanks. And, and, and we ran her out of town because when we weren't running to Jenny's house, 
we were running to Carmen Best House. And now look what we have. I, I saw a police cruiser go by last night and it said SeattlePoliceJobs.com on the side of the police cruiser. And you know what? I don't know if anybody wants that job or if anybody wants to be a cop. And I'm certainly blown away that anyone would want to be our next mayor. In fact, let's talk about our next mayor next on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, happy holidays. Yeah, I just said happy holidays. Can you believe it? The holidays are upon us. And the thing that I love about Les Schwab Tire Centers and all the men and women that work there, you know what? They want to make sure before they gather around their family table for the holidays that you might have an opportunity to gather around yours. If you have plenty of food, plenty of resources, and plenty to give away, and you're looking for a place to give, guess what? There's 85 Les Schwab locations and they're doing something called the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive. They do it every year. So it's thanks to Les Schwab. And then they partnered with Aramark and also Food Lifeline. They're all teaming up to help families out there that maybe they need some food as they gather around their own holiday table. And Ron, how do we do this? Could not be easier. Just drop off your non-perishable food donation at any Western Washington Les Schwab Tire Center. You just pull right into the parking lot. One of the, the helpful crew members will run out and take your donation. Every donation helps stock the shelves for food lifeline programs in our own communities. Les Schwab Tire Centers, Aramark, and Food Lifeline have all teamed up to drive out hunger this holiday season. It's the drive out hunger food drive happening now you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now it truly is one of life's biggest transactions if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm -hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, uh, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey everyone, it's your 6th grade announcer, G-Force O'Neill, with Charlie the Dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron and Don's free buyer and seller playbook. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And as you know, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you need us, just reach out. Uh, in fact, we have a new website. 
That's kind of a version of our old website we're pretty excited about. Would you check it out, read through it, and let us know if there's anything that needs to be changed or updated? What is it? What is the website? Ronanddonsitdown.com. There you go. R-O-N-A-N-D-D-O. Yeah, we just relaunched it, ronanddonsitdown.com. So check it out today. And whether you care about the radio show or whether you care about real estate, you can always find everything at ronanddon.com. Bruce Harrell, it looks like he's going to be the new mayor here in the city of Seattle. He knows how to work with the city council because he was on the city council for years. Uh, Mayor Durkin, as I shared, uh, when she turned to the city council and said, hey, are you guys going to do anything about Shama Swan? Are you going to do anything about these people marching on my home? Are you going to provide any type of protection or any type of pushback? And the city council at that time said no. Uh, Anyway, here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to think about. Bruce Harold now looks like he is going to be our next mayor. He said one of the things, that, and this is amazing to me that this is the platform that they have to run on, that he's going to try to get the parks back for the rest of us. He's going to try to get the parks back. Also, he doesn't use the words law and order, but he certainly said, I'm not here to defund the police. He said, I'll reimagine the police with you. But I will not defund the police. And it's interesting because even when we looked at Minneapolis right now, a vote just went down uh, where George Floyd was killed. And they chose to not defund or reimagine the police. Uh, when you look, Ron, at Bruce Harrell and the job that's ahead of him, what do you think is most critical right now for the city of Seattle? Is Everybody's kind of watching. He has to break up the logjam. Like whatever this logjam thing is, he is signing up and putting himself into, into play uh, on this conundrum and these this series of, of problems that we have. But the, the more I thought about this, because, you know, I've talked about the candidates and talked about their platforms for a long time now. I, I, I took a step back and I was actually watching. I sent you a version. Of, I was watching a video by Russell Brand, the British comedian that was a drug addict and did a bunch of outrageous things. And he sort of found sobriety and he's come back around again. But I was watching a couple of his videos. He's extremely he's an extremely gifted communicator and an extremely clear and logical thinker. And he basically said something along the lines of this. He's like, everybody wants to be self-actualized. Everybody wants, everybody grows up as a child and you have a dream or a hope or a wish or a thing that you want to become a place you want to go, a thing you want to experience. And then something will happen along the way for some people that knocks you off track. And for him, it was drugs. And uh, once he started taking drugs, he could not stop until he had this rock bottom moment that he talks about. And he's, uh, and so he's like, for me, that, that was it. Once I started taking drugs, I couldn't get off those drugs uh, until I finally had this moment. And then I was able to turn that around again and, and figure out why I was unhappy and why I had so much pain. And so then he sort of says something along the line. It got me thinking, how do we want our society to be set up? What, what kind of culture do we want in Seattle? And so instead of pretending like things are a certain way, if we look at the way things are in reality, we have people that are in pain right now. And it, takes, it, it shows itself in a bunch of different ways. So the most obvious ones are the ones you talk about. Homeless, people living in tents under encampments that I drove by. Driving from my house to your house, there are two really obvious encampments that always blow my mind because they're literally just, they, they chop down some trees and they're living among the trees on the side of the road. So that that's a manifestation. The 160-something people that live in the park where you used to be able to take your kid to play. 
the the open drug use, and I could go on and on. What what does that say about us as a community? It says that we have people in our community that have so much pain in their lives that they are unable to work right now. They are addicted to substance and they may be suffering from mental illness and they are scrapping by day to day living in inhumane conditions. And they're complete slobs. And they're complete slobs. Complete slobs. And there's a wake of destruction around them yep. uh, on every side. And some of them are dangerous. Like Correct. Like some of them are the, dangerous. Like over the weekend, down here in Interbay, and I don't know if this story is out there yet, but there's a guy underneath a car taking a catalytic converter, and another guy showed up to trade him some tools, and they got in a fight, and he ended up shooting that guy in the heart. Right down here in Interbay. Just, just, I could walk there right now. It's just right down the street. And then the park I told you about, the Ballard's Common that I got run out of with my son, scared to death, people beating on the car, telling me to get the F out of their park. Uh, that's been set on fire this past week twice. And you probably saw in the newspaper the eight propane bottles uh, that were all torched in that park just yesterday. And they built basically a propane bomb, and they set it on fire. And it was Seattle Fire then, and some of my friends for the fire department that had to go in there and dismantle this propane bomb that they built in the middle of a park where I used to take my son skateboarding. Yeah, so, I mean, you've defined the problem very well. And so if we go back 30 years, the solution was law and order. If someone is is bad or they're a drug addict or, or they're dealing drugs, three strikes, you're out. Uh, you know, life in prison. If you're like, there's all the famous cases, life in prison because you were the getaway driver and it was your third felony. And so you're put away for life. So that was we, we tried that. We said we're going to be the law and order nation. And we have more people incarcerated than any other first world country in the world by far. And so what did that work? Are we better now? Well, no, because we can still go out and see all this dangerous activity going on. So now it swung, swung the other way and it said, okay, well, if the law and order stuff doesn't work and we can't build prisons fast enough and we're incarcerating people at record rates, what should we do? So then it swung all the way out the other way where it said, okay, we need to, in a sense, step in. And is there a way for us to give services to these people to get them stabilized? To our clients. To our clients. clients. And and that has not worked. And so the people that are on the law and order side look at that and they go, that's ridiculous. How come you can't get off of the drugs? How come you can't work hard? Why can't you hold down a job? How come you don't pay rent like I pay rent? Why should you get free food when I'm struggling to buy food for my family? And so there's this war now happening between those sides. And so, again, there, there's not an easy answer to this. But to back to my original question, and I, I'm interested because I think you have a lot of sympathy for people that are struggling uh, to stay sober and people that have maybe lost their job and, and feel despondent and depressed. What should our stance be as Seattleites? We do live in one of the most affluent, technically uh, uh, forefront communities in the world. We have more billionaires here than by population than probably anywhere else 
in the world. Maybe Dubai or something has more billionaires. But we have more concentrated wealth in this community than just about anywhere on the planet. And yet still, all these things exist. What do we want to be? See, and that, and, and Bruce Harold hasn't told us. And Lorena Gonzalez, she got killed in this election because she wanted to continue to defund the police even more. And she said in her debate with Bruce Harrell, when she was at, and she said this with straight face, Lorena Gonzalez, who works on the city council and was in charge of uh, funding the police department, they, they asked her, do you think the city's safe? And she said, yeah, the city's safe. It's, it's, it's an it's a overreaction on a couple people's parts that the city is not safe. Well, the two things I just told you just happened within the past couple days, and that's just in my little nook and cranny and part of the neighborhood. That's happening all over the place. So much crime no longer uh, gets reported. And who wants to be a cop? Who even wants to be the mayor? Because Bruce Harrell, as you said, Ron, he's going to end up being marginalized. And if you have a city council that's not more centrist and won't meet you kind of in the middle and say, hey, let's, let's work here together... Because the police department should be reimagined. They, sh- they should be. The police department should be reimagined. And, and I've talked about that before. Some of the things that we could do in reimagining the police. But but you got the job now. And he really got the job with sharing no ideas. His ideas were, I'm not Lorena Gonzalez. Right. And he won. And he won. We'll see you on the other side of this. guys we want to introduce you to a brand new sponsor here on the ron and don show he's part of the ron and don nation his name is mitch weeks he's with home seed loans go to his website mitch.loans ron you went to mitch i just did this to get pre-approved and mitch i went through the online portal it was relatively painless the big news though to us and here in the ron and don nation we've worked with you in home seed you have an amazing buyers program now for people that listen to this show we sure do, yeah. It's a members only for Ron and Don Nation, and you're going to be part of our buyer benefit program. So just by listening to this podcast, you're in. No hassle, no questions asked. Uh, this partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. To find out more, schedule a chat with me by going to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans to find out how you can get pre-approved to buy a new home today, just like Ron. All right, so that half a percent, that applies to refinance or to a brand new loan. Go to Mitch.loans. It's not a .com. It's Mitch.loans. The Weeks team, NMLS 169 Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist for all of you in the Ron and Don Nation. If you're going to win a house in such a competitive market, you better have a good strategist. And that's what I specialize in. When you're ready to sit down with us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. We're live from Lola Shop Studios. And if you need us, just reach out. Go to our new website, ronanddonsitdown.com. We just relaunched it. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. And uh, what are some of the things on the website that people may want to check out? Well, the cool thing that we put together is uh, on the real estate front, all of the listings that we've done. Uh, a lot of times you'll go out there, and I don't think people realize this. If you go to like Zillow, let's say, and you're looking at a house, that real estate person's picture that's on there, they may not have anything to do with that listing. They could ju- they paid to be on that page. They paid an advertising fee to be on that page. So what we want to do on this website is go, we're only going to feature the stuff that we've actually done 
uh, on here. So when you're looking at those houses on ronadonsitdown.com, that's all our work. We, we, we don't, and it always cracks me up. Sometimes you'll see like a first year agent that hasn't done any business and they'll slap their picture next to like a $14 million waterfront house. It's like, that's all right. It's like, that's not your listing. You're not cheating. You're not trying. You didn't have anything to do with that listing. Anyway. Also, if you need our buyer's playbook or seller's playbook, or you'd like to sit down with us, you can sign up for a sit down by just going to ronadonsitdown.com. Speaking of Zillow, uh, Zillow is in the news because their CEO came out and said, Hey, all this eye buying we were doing, and we we're stepping out. We we're buying houses. We we're going to recondition them, and we're going to bring them back to market, and make a lot of money. That's not working. In fact, on most of these homes that we have, and we have thousands of them, uh, we're going to bring them to market and lose a lot of money. You know what they found out is what every real estate agent knows is that it is really hard. I have a I have a home that we're going to be bringing to market. I can't tell you where it's at because I haven't brought it to market yet, and that's against the MLS rules. Uh, but this house. Um, it is, it is a television show and this thing, when we're done, in fact, there's some guys over there, our guys, our crew from talent construction are over there today. It's what, what do you think it is? 54 degrees in the low fifties, windy, stormy, stormy, raining. Well, we have to paint the exterior of the house. We paint everything on the interior. Why not the exterior? And so these guys are out there with tarps. They're out there with ladders. They're out there with heaters. They just have the spirit of whatever it takes, and they're getting the job done. Uh, that's just to paint the outside of the house. Well, we've painted the inside of the house. We've gutted the house. We had to put a brand new deck on the house. We had to get up. We had to fix the roof on the house. There's some uh, critters over in this house. Had to fix that. Had to put in a new kitchen, by the way, a couple new bathrooms, new flooring, new carpet. Uh, in fact, uh, we got a new fridge in there, new appliances. Uh, had to do some new electrical. And then on top of that, uh, we also... Uh, had to put all new lighting uh, in this house. Had to fix the garage door. Oh, by the way, uh, this house had a foundation problem, so I had to had to dig a moat all the way around the foundation and fix. So we've been working on this house since the summer, and this has taken a lot of time. And when it comes to the commissions that people think that we make, when you really go to work for your client, this is one of those where the 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 amount of work totally outweighs the commission on this. I've been over this house 25 times. I've had six different teams over working on this house. I have three more teams that have to go in now to get this house to bring it ready to market. The point being on any real estate transaction, there's usually 25 to 30 people that are somehow involved in that transaction. Zillow didn't see that coming, right? They thought they just hit a button, that they buy a house. If they needed to paint, they hit another button. It don't work that way, and it doesn't work that way. Uh, every once in a while, you get a house that's a cream puff that somebody hands to you. That happened to us in Ballard this year, earlier this year. Uh, there's this amazing home where we had to go in and do a couple of things, but it was really a house that was frontline ready. It was on point, and it was ready to go. That's pretty unusual. So in the kind of houses that Zillow had to buy, usually are houses that had something called a lot of deferred maintenance, which means there's a lot of work to do. And then they're running into the supply chain shorts shortage. What do you do when you don't have paint for that house? What do you do when the lights don't show up? And then what do you do when you're trying to do this to thousands of houses at a time? What do you do when contractors don't show up or you can't find somebody to do the lawn or somebody to come out and shoot pictures? It's just problem after problem after problem. And if you try to do that on a, a nationwide basis, 
It's just too much. It's just too difficult. And there's no, and, and Zillow figured out there's no money to be made here. And, and, and the other thing that Zillow was trying to do, because they have all this micro information about all of us and our homes and everything else. What they were trying to do is really start their own real estate company and say, we're going to go out and we're going to do what Redfin did and we're going to hire our own agents. We're going to pay them nothing. We're going to dip into their commission. And boy, are we going to make a lot of money. And you know what they found out? It's really easy to get your real estate license. It's really hard to be a realtor. 87% of people that get their license uh, don't last two years. And we watch this happen all the time. 87%. So the bar to get in is very low. But in order to be successful, the bar is very high. So Zillow said this. We're going to go back and do this. And this is what they do. So I live uh, in a zip code 98119. Well, what you can do as a realtor is you can call Zillow and you could say, send me leads from 98119. And so what happens is when Zillow sits there and they scrape all the information. So let's say I take this house that I was just telling you about that we're going to bring to market. And let's say this house is right here in Seattle. It's not, but it comes on on Monday. Well, Zillow scrapes that information. They present the house when you go to Zillow.com. And then along with that, what happens is someone down in San Francisco, they see that house that I brought online. And then Ron just told you, there are realtors that have paid to, to have their picture and their phone number on that page. A lot of money. Yeah. And so when somebody sees that house that Ron and I have worked really hard uh, to bring to market, someone in San Francisco, they see that house, they see uh, it, it on Zillow. And then what they do is they see that, that realtor that is paid to be next to our house. They call that realtor and they say, I want to see that house. In order to do that, these realtors pay Zillow a ton of money. And what Zillow decided to do is, you know what? We're not going to hire real estate agents. We're not going to sit here and buy homes because it's too expensive and it's too hard to get these damn things turned around. We're going to go back to doing what we do and we're just going to sell information to realtors and they're going to pay a lot of money. And Ron, it seems like uh, Zillow is going to go back to being Zillow here. Yeah, because they're losing several billion dollars on that program. I get the temptation. It, it looks like if you're a programmer, it seems like you could automate this. Because there's only so many things that can happen theoretically uh, on a transaction. You have a buyer, you got a seller. They both want the same thing. Uh, and there's only so many forms. And so it seems like as a programmer, you could go, well, we can... We can write a piece of software for that. This guy wants to buy something. That woman wants to sell something. How hard can it be? Like, we'll just automate it. And then we'll, you don't even need a human being. Like, that makes sense until you've actually done a transaction. Here's what you need a human being. We had a, a buyer just bought a, a $3 million home and is an all-cash buyer and went to see their financial person. And the financial person said, hey, why don't you take this house that you're buying and instead of uh, paying cash, money's so cheap, why don't, you, why don't we create a loan? Well, the problem is, there's the problem. You said, it, you, you, you said when we signed this contract that we're going to be all cash, but the opportunity is now, how can we turn this thing around and how can we turn it into a loan? What does the other side care about? They just care that you can close. Well, to get this deal done and to make this happen... It's taken a lot of people, a lot of time, and a lot of hours uh, to get the answers. 
to see if we can actually do that because we have to get permission from the other side. And the other side has to look at that and they're like, wow, are they trying to get out of this deal and what's going on? I guess send an appraiser. You, you, you can't do that by just picking up a phone and hitting a button. You have to pick up a phone and you have to talk to a realtor. And I tell you what, there's some good ones out there. Uh, check them out at ronandonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by. Listen to episode 332 of the Ron and Don shows. I just said everything is at ronandonsitdown.com. And I appreciate We so appreciate everybody that's been calling our friend Mitch Weeks, who's a big sponsor of the show now. Uh, Ron, a lot of people are switching to Mitch, right? Yeah, Mitch.loans. You can save one half a percent on your loan. I'm actually doing a refi with him as we speak. I'm going to refi and then buy. I'm getting all my ducks in a row, and he'll help you do the same thing. Mitch.loans. Yeah, helping a lot of people right now. In the Ron and Don Nation. Also, I want to thank our friends at Les Schwab. It is that time of year where they're collecting food as we head toward Thanksgiving. And then they'll be collecting toys as we head toward the Christmas season. Stop by one of their 85 locations and drop off some food. As you're thinking about the fact that, wow, what they do is really cool. The food that they send, they send not here to just to Western Washington, but it goes all over the states to 300 different food banks Thanks to Food Lifeline. He's Ron. I'm Don. That's Charlie over there. Did you hear his jingle jangle a minute ago? I can't hear it. I usually take his jingle jangle off, and I forgot. And Ron was petting him, and he was jingle jangle. Isn't it funny how you, when you come here, he just, like when I'm here, he, he'll, he'll, like when Gunner's here, he follows Gunner all around the house. And when I'm here, he just kind of chills out in his bed. Or, or But when you're here, he, do, he does to you what he does to Gunner. He just follows you around. Dogs like me. What can I say? <laughs> anyway. Hey, you guys. RonnieDonSitDown.com if you need us. Thanks for allowing us to be your broadcasters, your realtors, and your friends. Till next time, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you for episode 333. Only on the Ronnie Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.